Welcome to the SDR Disco Call podcast, a podcast designed for brand new sales development reps in the world of software as a service. Every Tuesday, we're going to be bringing you a new guest who's still in the role to share how or why they've gone into sales development, what have they learned in their SDR career and journey to date, and what three pieces of information would they like to share back to new and existing reps to help them become happy sellers. Every show is transcribed, recorded with links from the guests, which are available at happyselling.io forward slash podcast. I'm going to be your host, Neil Buyan, and I look forward to taking you into the world of sales development through the SDR Disco Call podcast. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hello, listeners and watchers. Welcome to another episode of the SDR Disco Call podcast. You'll be able to hear this through your local podcast platform as well. Watch it on our YouTube channel, so make sure you catch on there. Today, we're going on the other side of the world uh, to a nice warm place in Cancun, Mexico, where I got the privilege to meet a great BDR SDR a couple of months back. Uh, this is Gibran Cusada. How are you doing today, Q- uh, Gibran? I'm doing great, Neil. All sunny, like you said, here in Cancun. How about yourself? Not too bad. We're in London, so we're currently what in uh, just at the end of April 2021. We've got clear skies, a bit of sunshine. We've had some crazy weather recently, but it's uh, it's getting that time to to almost summertime, Gibran. But thank you for asking. So, Gibran, for the people that are watching as well as listening, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, who are you? Where are you based in the world and what do you do and who do you work for, sir? Of course, Neil. My name is Gibran. I'm stationed here in Cancun, Mexico. Not too shabby to be uh, here in quarantine. I'm currently working for Predictable Revenue, which is a company that helps companies grow with outbound sales development. You maybe heard of it or of Aaron Ross. That's who yep. I'm working for. Cool. Love it. So yeah, we're uh, Predictable Revenue. It's a big brand name that we know and we know about Aaron Ross as well. So perhaps we might be able to dive in a little bit of the intel and insights for work in a company such as his. Um, so as mentioned, as we do with all of our guests, looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've got a bit of a story here, sir. Um, so we can we can find you. So for the listeners and guests watching out, here's Gibran's uh, LinkedIn profile. So if we go way back in the day, sir, uh, we can see that you did your master's out within university. Um, You've had some experience being an English teacher. You've been a legal verification officer in the world of resorts. Uh, You'd been a project manager at KFM 24-7. You'd been a business development specialist at Mighty Networks. Uh, And then you started at Predictable Revenue. And obviously, please explain to the guests like how it works, but... You've also had a stint at Connecti, uh, and now you're currently at Whit O'Brien's in the area of emergency and crisis management. So, Gibran, like from the beginning, sir, like tell us and walk us through like your journey into sales and how you got to where you are today. Sure, of course, I love to. Well, I got into sales right actually before I had my first job as a teacher. Mm-hmm. My mom and my mom and dad, bless their hearts, they've become big names in timeshare here in Cancun. So they obviously wanted me to follow their footsteps, especially dad. <laughs> <laughs> he got me into timeshare for a couple of months. I got in. I got out. I didn't really enjoy it at first. It didn't really feel like my thing. I think I thought that you had to be this uh, 
extrovert guy who just loves talking to people and being around people. And at that time, that just really wasn't me. I was that kid in the corner, introvert, listening to his MP3 player. (laughs) (laughs) So tried it, didn't love it. Once once I became of legal age, uh, my first real job was being a teacher at a school here in Cancun. That's what got me through college. So very grateful for the opportunity to change lives and also pay for college. Mm -hmm. Once college was over, it started to, well, this question started to emerge. Hibran, where are we going from now? (laughs) (laughs) So I made the rookie mistake I think any 20-something-year-old made and quit my job not even having another one lined up. So Bold move, bold move. Yeah. <laughs> Bold and a little dumb, if I may add. <laughs> a little tip for anybody who's 20-something and think about doing the same thing. But anyways, I quit. I tried looking for another job. Hundreds of interviews, promises of a call back, promises not filled. Uh, mom decided to step in a bit and say, hey, I'm working at a hotel in the sales room. I know you don't like sales, but it would be on the legal side. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, I can do that. No problem. Yeah. I go ahead and do it. I enjoy it. It pays the bills. But, you know, not exactly what I signed up for in terms of, you know, this isn't really what I studied. Mm-hmm. And what that consisted of is it's a position called a verifications legal officer, okay. which is me making sure that the salesperson, whenever they sell a timeshare, is that I make sure that they did everything on the up and up, you know, no false promises, yeah. no um, empty promises. So once I made sure everything was on the up and up, they were on their merry way to enjoy the rest of their vacations. Nice. So it was nice. But again, not really who I was, not really who I am. Mm-hmm. Along came my friend Geraldo, a longtime friend, and he told me about an opportunity in a maintenance company called KFM. Okay. It's more admin work, something I did study for. So I was like, why not? He even convinced me since, you know, it's a new up-and-coming company, opportunities to grow. I was like, all right, where do I sign up? Yeah. So it was at the start of 2020. We all know how that ended up. <laughs> but at the beginning, you know, we had high hopes, high expectations. Everything was going smoothly until February mm-hmm. where whiffs of COVID-19 were starting to begin, arise. Come March or around April, I got the news. I was, you know, to be let go. Mm-hmm. No hard feelings, of course. It happened to me and along with millions of other people around the world. And in that point, I'm thinking to myself, holy sugar, honey, iced tea. What do we do? (laughs) Holy honey, sugar, iced tea. I love that. Sorry, keep going. I love that. Sorry, go on. Yes, I was like, what do we do? Um, 20-something, I need need something to pay the bills, something to get by. I had some savings. You know, another tip for those 20-something-year-olds there, you got to save up. (laughs) Yep, yep, 100% agree. And from there, I'm just sending my my portfolio to anybody and everybody in any sector of any industry trying to land a job mm-hmm. um, like everybody else at that time. And I get a call from a company called Predictable Revenue. I have no idea who they were at that time. And I was like, 
I'm pretty sure I sent you my portfolio, but I just honestly don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) So I started the interview process and, you know, right before then I investigated what is predictable revenue. They help companies with outbound sales. I know what the word sales means, but I have no idea what the word outbound or B2B means. So once I did my homework, I was like, oh, I'm going to go into sales again. I tried that in the beginning of my career, didn't love it. But, you know, at that time, beggars can't be choosers, right? Yeah. So I said to myself, I'm going to give this the old college try. I'm going to give it my A-plus work and, you know, let's see what happens. And uh, it's been over a year now. I blink of an eye, really. Well, blink of an yeah. eye feels like a decade. I started in April and here we are finishing April. Been here for a year. Uh, Loads of stories to tell, experiences to share. But all in all, I ended up enjoying what I'm doing. Even though it's sales and I thought I was the only guy in the world who could not sell a boiler to a freezing Eskimo. (laughs) I'm not doing half a bad job here, Neil. So I love it. Here we are. Well, again, congratulations for making it through. And that is a cool story. And I'd love to pick up on some parts in that as well. Um, and definitely if there are sh- uh, stories to share, we'd love to, to hear them as well. So if we kind of go back, like um, having that role with your father, like in the timeshare piece, you did that for a while and figured out, mm, it's not really for me. Um, you tried out the teaching piece as well, something that you enjoyed doing. Um, and then when looking for other roles, you had this opportunity to work with your mother in the paralegal as a verification officer as well. Um, and she did say to you, like, I know you don't really want to do the sales piece, Gibran, uh, but it's kind of, you know, like on the admin side. So what was it about sales or kind of like this perception you had of sales that was kind of like pushing you back uh, earlier on? Well, like I said, um, it was my father who got me into it and my dad, not to dive too deep, He's the guy that, you know, you have a cup of coffee with him and you end up having a beer because you talk to him so long that it's already <laughs> lunchtime. He's that guy. I'm yeah. not that guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I always thought that in sales, you had to have that kind of personality, that personality where people not only want to be around you, they want to talk to you and they want to keep talking to you. <laughs> and I just said to myself, well, I, I don't have that. I wasn't born with that. And there's nothing I can do about that. So... I tried that with my dad. It didn't work out. I tried it a bit with my mom, and it kind of worked out, but only because I was on the legal side. So the pressure of selling something to someone was already done by someone else. Mm -hmm. I just had to do the paperwork and uh, sometimes convince any cold feet people out there, like, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's go go through with this. Yeah. <laughs> so it. that's what really put me off, me thinking that I just don't have that personality, that extrovert personality to do it. Okay. So that's totally understandable. Again, <clears throat> when you're given an example of what you think something might be, we have this innate thing where we try to measure up against ourselves with those people or that sort of persona because I think before I got into sales, I used to think it's very cutthroat, people are up their own asses. It's all about money, 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 money. And I wasn't that way inclined. Um, And then the other piece which resonates with me is like when you uh, went off to another role, so it was Gerald, 
who kind of said, okay, here's an opportunity, growing company. Um, and it's more like you say, like on the admin side, where you're helping support the sales teams and you're checking in to make sure that, you know, they sold ethically what they were supposed to sell. They didn't oversell it and you helped out those clients. Um, and the reason that resonates with me is before I took that sales leap, I did exactly the same thing working for a corporate company, managing their, you know, new sales orders, their upsells. And any time a customer had a problem, which was nine times out of 10, uh, they would say, hey, we bought this product from the salespeople. We have no idea how it works or why the hell we bought it, but we've got it now. So how does it work? And I had to start off that journey with them just saying, hey, look, I'm not the sales guy. Uh, I'm not here to take your money. I'm just here to, you know, help you understand what you've purchased and then, you know, how to use it. And it's the more I started doing those sort of conversations, I got a bit more confident because to your point, it removed the pressure of, you know, having to sell to somebody, having maybe a target over your head. And that's where I started actually understanding that I love talking to people and helping them out. And I was just wondering, like, whilst working at KFM, like, were there any things that were bubbling in your mind as you start to do this more or any things that you learned from there? Well... Going into KFM, it was a maintenance company, so it was a lot of talking to technicians, engineers, people who, who were having their bathroom just overfloating with, let's say, not too good-looking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it was dealing with people running around trying to get something fixed and me just trying to be the middleman, trying to get the technician inside of a store. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Uh, that really helped me with objection handling and with dealing with people who aren't in the most pleasant mood and in an understandable <laughs> sense because, you know, they want to go to the bathroom and they can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's that's something that helped me with KFM was just objection handling and dealing with people who are not in the best mood. Mm, okay. That's, and those are good traits to have. And again, I think there's that element of when people do customer service type roles as well, they get angry customers. They get people that aren't maybe as technically minded as to what they've purchased and they need that guiding hand. But yeah, trying to get them from a, an angry customer to a more you know placid customer that's happy to talk and speak, those are great things to learn as well. So happy to hear that you had that experience. And as you're saying like, well, okay, something happened in the world. We were hit with this, you know, pandemic uh, and it, it screwed a lot of things up for us, my, myself included. And I was just wondering, like, you know, like you were saying, you were applying for jobs, giving out resumes or like your portfolio of like your work and experience. Like what was going through your mind, like thinking, OK, do I have a job? Where do I go? How were you, you know, able to kind of carve a path for yourself? What was going on then? Well, it was a big hit. At first, it was a big hit. You hear something happening across the world and you a bit selfishly thinking, well, that's happening there. It's not happening here. It's not going to happen to me. But reality hits and it happens to you. Mm. So it was a big hit. You know, I took three days just to, you know, kick kick the wall, write an an angry letter, just angry at what happened. And then Mm. put my mindset, okay, we have to get a job. (laughs) <laughs> we have to find a way to get through this. So that was going around my mind, you know, the whole impact and just being motivated to finding a job in this totally new market of dealing with COVID, but trying to make it in this market. Mm. So 
what was going on in my mind was just, you know, having an open mind and openness of doing, okay, we've done this in the past and they're not really related to each other. What's mm. the next adventure? So I think if you find yourself in a similar place as where I was and where other people were, you know, keep that openness of doing anything, even though if it's of a different sector, a different industry, something that you've never done before. Mm. If you if you bring your A game to it, you're gonna do fine, and you might even excel at it. Hundred percent. I love I love that mindset that you have there, Gibran, because. I think uh, when giving advice to friends or family or to like SDRs and BDRs, I always say that thing of you can't really go back in time and change things and you cannot predict the future and know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's what you're going to do about it and where are we, which is today and being present in the moment and making best use of what you have. So I think pandemic or no pandemic, people such as ourselves will go through these experiences in life and it's asking, okay, what's going to make me happy? How am I going to better myself? How am I, what are the things that I can do to get myself out of this? Um, and luckily with yourself, you're putting out hundreds of resumes. You're speaking to a lot of people. Some people, you don't remember <laughs> putting your resume to them, but they come back into contact. And it is like with opportunities, it is kind of like a numbers game, right? The more exactly. input you put out, put in, the more you're going to get back out from it. So if I get it right, you were approached by Predictable Revenue, Aaron Ross's company. You hadn't heard of what was outbound and, you know, kind of like what they were doing in the software space, et cetera. Like, what was it like joining the business and kind of what was that onboarding journey like for you? Well, it was, a, I would say, a job cultural shock because for me, sales was like, okay, I have a product, you want to buy it you know, let's do it or not. <laughs> so mm. once I learned like, okay, what's outbound? What's B2B? What's, you know, what's all these acronyms? So <laughs> it was just a totally new world to me, a, a culture shock. That's why I like to call it that way. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, let's start from zero. We don't know how to do this. Let's learn how to do it. <laughs> mm. And uh, it was... It was a very pleasant onboarding experience because Predictable Revenue, I told them from the beginning and they were aware from the beginning that I just have no idea what's all this about. And they were really focused and keen with their onboarding process of how can we make someone who doesn't know about this world that we're so used to and making them into familiar into the world that they're going to be into. Mm. So it was a very pleasant onboarding experience, very intense in the sense that the learning never stopped. It was just constant learning, reading, watching, practicing, role-playing, all that good stuff. Mm. I love it. And what? Um, so again, <clears throat> I love the idea of so them as a business was like, right, if we're going to take on somebody like Gibran, like he has no foundation to this like world of you know SaaS B two B outbounding prospecting. They take you through the onboarding by giving you like role plays, giving you stuff to listen to, to watch, to practice out, to get more familiar with it, which is super cool. And we may have some guests or listeners that you know they're they're toes in the water about joining a SaaS business or working in the world of B two B. Are there any things that you would recommend them reading or watching? Definitely reading and watching. I would say first read um, You're Not Listening and Why It Matters. I'm so bad at remembering authors. So if the author <laughs> ever listens to it. this, I'm so sorry. But yes, <laughs> You're Not Listening and Why It Matters. 
And the whole takeaway here is that, you know, we listen to respond instead of actually listening to understand. And I think that's a big thing to learn in in life, but especially in this role, is that, you know, you're not listening in order to find out how you can sell something to someone. You want to listen to understand their world and to see if what your solution can actually help them what they need. So that's definitely one thing I would tell any SDR, especially new to read first. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I would re- tell them to read Gap Selling. I know it's a pretty big name book there. That just helped me fill in a lot of, no pun intended, but a lot of gaps into what <laughs> an SDR or what uh, you know the whole role, role includes. So it, that was a big, exp- I would say that's a very big manual explanation of what this role actually does. Mm. I love it. I love it. So we'll definitely make sure that we get both those books and we will quote the authors like in the show notes. So for the guests and listeners watching out there, that will be definitely be in there. Because I'm always interested to hear like the, the materials that people are, you know, taking on board to get up to speed with their role. I'll be honest with you, like, <laughs> Predictable Revenue is a book I still need to read. I still haven't done it. Um, and with the other books, I'll definitely have a check in them. But also for our guests and listeners, make sure you check them out as well. Um, so the other part that I wanted to get into, like, with Predictable Revenue, if I get it right, like, um, you are a representative of that company, but they then place you in other organizations to help them with their biz dev efforts. Is, is that right? Yes, that's right. To put it into uh, an... In short words here is that predictable revenue can help you in two ways, by either showing you how to do it or letting us do it for you. I'm in that part of letting us do it for you. So I work for predictable revenue, but for the world, especially on LinkedIn, I work for certain other companies doing B2B. I love it. And I think that's pretty awesome because you're not specifically working for well, when you're under hire for them, you're not working just for predictable revenue, but you're able to go into other industries, different companies, and learn like how they're doing stuff and then help them with their outreach and outbound. What's that experience like, like working with, you know, kind of like multi-clients at a different time? So you're on the nose, Neil. It's definitely interesting because... Last month, I was working for a company that was into education. And, you know, education is an entirely different world right now. Mm. And now I'm working into risk management. So definitely, if if you're in a company that offers a service that's similar to predictable revenue, where you work for a company, but to the world, you're working and doing outbound sales for another on behalf of that company... It just gives you more experience and letting you talk to different leaders in certain industries on their lingo, on how they talk, on how they like to be sold to or how they like to be or how like how they like to buy. So you definitely pick up different things along the way and you start implementing them into your current project, your current role. I love that. If anything, that's that's. That's freaking amazing from my point of view because, again, you have like uh, the base, which is predictable revenue, and they're able to go land into other nests and help them out. But you're getting like you're working across different industries. So that must, A, be a challenge for your mind, but it also must keep you fresh in your thinking because you're having to, you know, pivot 
the way that you may have worked with one client going into another different industry. And I think that's a great opportunity. So with predictable revenue, when you have and work in other clients, the amount of knowledge that you're going to attain across different industries, that's going to be freaking amazing, don't you think, Ibran? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you 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 kind of become this jack of all trades, if, if you mm. get what I'm saying here. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. So like, if we um, kind of go back to the beginning of like the the idea of what you had sales was through working with family to your understanding of what B2B sales is now, that you're actually doing this role, kind of what's changed since the earlier Gibran to the Gibran now and what's your thoughts on what sales is? So what's changed for me is definitely the mindset of you don't have to be this perfect salesman or salesperson you don't have to have a certain attitude, you know, you don't have to be the wolf of Wall Street to do this. <laughs> I, I would say to anybody that you have to be a listener, and I think anybody could be a good listener. And by being a good listener is what I mean is, you know, you talk to people and you call them when, you know, they weren't expected to be called or they did not want to be called and just be like, hey, I'm listening to other people. I'm hearing these problems. Would you happen to have them? And from there, listen to what their world is go what their world is going through mm-hmm. and see if what you have to offer can actually help them get through that. So that's how my perspective of being a salesperson has changed. I love it. And I was wondering, like, with uh, the discussions that like we said you'd have like a coffee with your pops it might turn into a beer. Like, what are the conversations like now? And like, what do they perceive as like you do working in this role? What's their thoughts on it as well? You mean like, what's my, what's uh, my parents' thoughts of me being an SDR? Yeah, yeah. Like, how, how has that conversation gone and how do you explain it to them? <laughs> well, at first when I told them like, I'm working from home, I, I do this kind of business. They were a little bit skeptical because, you know, they're from other times, you know. They're from those yeah. times that you go to a place, you do the job that you're hired to do, and you come back home. So working mm. from home and working on a laptop and, you know, you have your best polo on, but you're, you're wearing your sweatpants. So yeah. <laughs> they were a little bit skeptical on the, like, you know, is this a scam? Is this even real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of course, you know, they're they're from other times and once I explained to them my role and I showed them the website and everything, they were really interested in seeing how sales has evolved versus 10 years ago when they got involved. I love it. And are you like teaching them any new ways to like help with their businesses and like what you've learned at Predictable Revenue? Yeah, of course, we do like to, you know, during dinner time, just talk about everybody's day, especially job, and how we've handled an angry customer or someone who just did not want to be sold to. And, you know, we get into, I would say more often enough, debates. (laughs) Mm, mm. Debates, brainstorming, and, you know, the conversations have just changed a lot since maybe coming into sales. I love that. And if anything, it makes uh, the dinner so much more fruitful, like when you all kind of share a similar like passion or interest uh, and debates are healthy, you know, and it's always good to get other people's perspectives. Um, but yeah, 100%, I can relate to that. And I think like when I told my father that I was going into sales or being an SDI, I said, you're crazy, boy. 
that's that's not a job. It's very cutthroat. You know, it's gonna it, you could lose your job whenever. And I'm like, uh, even now when we catch up for like Sunday lunches, I'm like, Dad, eleven years on, I'm still here. It's still going, and it's still all right. You know, because uh, again, he works in a finance background, and I used to come from finance, like trying to emulate him. Um, but yeah, I went on my own path. So I'm really happy for you that you you found that as well. And I think another piece was um, this whole perception of what sales should be like, because I think when we connected on our <clears throat> like in discovery phase for this podcast, um, you were saying that your personality type is more introverted versus in what we perceive salespeople that are extroverts. And that hit a, a chord with me because I equally see myself as more of an introvert where, you know, I, I like to keep myself to myself. I don't like talking to people after a day of working or training. And I like, you know, just to, to do my own thing. Um, but within sales, like you have to either speak to people, perhaps you're presenting to them, you have to put on this persona. And I think that persona of being an extrovert is how a lot of people may see sales, but a lot of us are actually introverted, you know. And I just wanted to know, like, how is somebody who is, you know, perhaps more introverted, like what advice would you give to them if they're contemplating sales or too scared because they think it's full of extroverted people that have that confidence and that get-go? What would your advice be to them? I would advise them first as, and I'm speaking from an introvert because I do, I do feel that that's who I am, that when you just speak to one person, like you and I right now, mm. I feel that I'm speaking to an audience. So I'm not speaking mm. to one of you. I'm speaking to hundreds of you, and they're all judging me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I would just remind them that it's not that. So I would tell them, don't think about it, don't overthink it, and just enjoy it, mm-hmm. because it still happens. Whenever I talk to someone new, I, I I see like these formulas going on in my head, like what word should I say, what style of voice should I use, and you know, we just have to throw that all away and just get into the conversation. You know, don't think mm-hmm. about how to talk to the person just rather do it and it will naturally flow couldn't put it better myself sir i think in the early days of like getting on that call or doing meetings or you know even running my first training sessions from happy selling there's that fear element of you're going to be judged people are going to say something or pick up on something that didn't write right and maybe i might not get the connection that i'm looking for but nine times out of ten People never know when you've made a mistake or if you've not said the right word or handled the objection the right way. They take it for face value. So, yeah, it's just go out there, just do it. And I found with myself, the more I just kept pushing myself to do things which were, you know, uncomfortable to me naturally, the more confident I became with it, the more happy I was to do it. And a lot of people now may say, well, it just seems like natural to you. I said, this is not natural at all. This is just a learned behavior uh, over time. But, yeah, I think I think those are some great tips. Um, and as we're coming like towards uh, the end of our show today in this meeting, I'd love to get you back on as a guest is, what three bits of advice would you give to a younger Gibran who's about to start this sales development journey in life? Perfect. I love it. Um, I guess this would also go out to any 18 plus year old out there who just doesn't know exactly what the world has prepared for them. But if Sales and being an SDR turns out to be your first gig or like me, you were going down a certain path and for whatever reason, you know, you do a 180, now you're going towards a newer, a new path. 
Yeah. It's okay to be the noob, the new guy, the one who just doesn't know how to do the job exactly, and you were given an opportunity. It's okay. And it's okay to look to yourself in the mirror and say that. But where mm. you go from there is totally on you. So I would say is first brush up on the role of being an SDR, understand the ins and outs sooner than later, and start following the right people you need to follow and pay attention to. Not to become them, but to at least know where you where you need to go. And from there, you know, it's just going to make it so much easier. So the first tip is just, it's okay to be new, but mm. it's totally on you where you go and how you get there. I love that. So being the new person in an organization, there's no problem with that. Uh, but with that personal development, the onus is on you to like kind of accelerate it, take it on board, connect with the right people. And again, you don't have to be like them, but you need to understand their world to help you better understand your world. Is that right? Yeah, that's totally right. Cool. Any other tips, Gibran, that you'd give to a younger version of yourself? The second would be, and I learned this later in life, and I wish I learned it sooner, is that especially if you're an introvert or, you know, whenever you talk to someone, you really have to think about what you say. I would say is just that, you know, don't think about it. It's okay to have, you know, tips that help you with a conversation, but you don't want to focus on how to have a conversation. You actually just want to focus on being there present enjoy it and that's going to take the pressure off of you so that's not only in life it's also when you're on the phone you know don't be so goal oriented or have such a strategic mindset i mean that's all right to have but you know mm. just be in there and enjoy it and something good is going to come out of it even if it's in sales and you don't get that meeting or you don't sell this product you got to learn from that call and that's something you're going to take away always. I absolutely love that. So be present in the conversation rather than like the structure and flow of it has to go. Like be human, be there and then. Um, don't be so goal orientated. I think that's true because uh, as I teach with SDRs is like the, the purpose of a conversation, like when you're cold calling, is not just to book a meeting. It's to initiate a dialogue and have a conversation with somebody. Uh, and the reality is every sale is a byproduct of a good relationship or conversation. It will come as long as you focus on, you know, having a decent conversation with somebody. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love that. And what would uh, numero three be for yourself, Gibran? Numero three would be once you have a call script, there's a strategy like I, I like to call it quiver and arrows. So you have Ooh. your quiver. And your arrows would be your phrases or your, your pitches, your objection handling pitches for, you know, certain situations. And, you know, we all have a good call script, but the way that I saw it is I was very lineal in the sense that mm. you had to go in a certain direction rather yeah. than having and what I like to call them arrows, rather than having these arrows, these phrases, these questions, these objection handling phrases, mm -hmm. that you have them ready, but you, don't, you know that you don't have to go lineal. You, know, you just use them when they need to be used. So that's what I would tell any new SDR, is that go past the call script and mm -hmm. you know, try having these phrases out for you so then that way 
you don't feel that there's a structure to the conversation because a conversation can go any direction. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And it's funny you should say that because, again, I always want to show people behind the scenes, but, like, when we were having our conversation a few months back, that's what I'm doing. I'm, like, I'm just, like, going with arrows and following through. And, yeah, I've got a goal towards the end to figure out, okay, what was Gibran's story? <laughs> but the conversation can go into... It meanders like a river. And I think you want it to just flow, keep flowing, rather than being very structured and just hitting a constant wall, bang, bang, left to right. Um, so I think we all start off with a script, but then we own that script and then we add our own personality into it. And yeah, to our earlier point, it's just having that nice flow of conversation. So I think those are some really solid tips as well. Um, and there's probably listeners out there that are either fans of Predictable Revenue or kind of want to like maybe ask you questions, if that's okay. And with most of my guests, you can either reach them on LinkedIn, through Instagram, through Twitter. There can be any sort of channel. If an SDR or BDR out there had a question for you, what would be the best way to get in contact with you, Gibran? It would be really LinkedIn. Um, I'm not really into Instagram. I do snap a photo here and there. But if someone <laughs> wants to reach me through a professional level on SDR, just someone who wants to you know, shoot the breeze, definitely on LinkedIn, that would be the best bet. Perfect. So make sure, guys, in the show notes that you'll be able to get through on Gibran's LinkedIn. So appreciate that, sir. And are there any shout outs that you'd like to give on today's show? <laughs> I would. I would. I would. I'd keep it short. Um, first, it would be my parents. I mentioned them on this chat. They were literally there from day one. So then also, I would like to thank my girlfriend, Priscilla. She's been a pillar of support here for me, especially mm. during 2020. And um, a shout out. To someone in predictable revenue, that would be Abby Manzanilla. She's been my pod mate. She's been my mentor and a close friend and has definitely helped me through my whole career as an SDR. Wonderful. So shout out to Gibran's crew, family members, partner, uh, and mentors and pods uh, within predictable revenue. I absolutely love that, sir. Well, Gibran, again, thank you so much. Um, we'll definitely want to catch up uh, in a future show to see how things are going and what's going on in your world. But it's been an absolute privilege and honor to meet you, sir. And I wish you a great success for the week. And most importantly, happy selling. Thanks, Neil. And thanks for anybody who's watching. I enjoyed it. And I hope I get to see everybody again. Woo -woo. Thank you so much, Gibran. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.